This podcast is proudly supported by the Bartronica Bar, the home of retro. You can find Bartronica at 335 Flinders Lane in the heart of Melbourne CBD. It's half museum, half bar. Check them out on Facebook or Instagram and become part of the Bartronica community. of the Arcade Perfect podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Daz, and with me as well, my co-host, Mr. Tagstar. The Tagstar. The Tagstar. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well, Daz. Not too bad at all, thanks. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Whoever thought that, you know, we would do a podcast together. How's that? I know, we've got a UK background here and an Australian background, we should be able to bring a bit to the table, shouldn't we? Yeah. Make it a bit interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure, that, that's, that's going to be awesome, and you know, and um, you know, it's all about arcade games, I mean, come on, you can't get better than yeah. that. Uh, that's right, so it's really the chase for the uh, the arcade perfect game, so. Exactly, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what this podcast is about. We, we will select one game per episode and play home ports of that of that game and choose the arcade perfect version. Well, in our opinions, anyway. Yeah, that's right, yeah. We'll probably talk a little bit about um, the games that we've bought over the years based on that game and, exactly. uh, yeah, review them and see which ones we think, uh, yeah, are the most arcade perfect uh, today. That's it. That's it. So hopefully you guys uh, will jump on board and enjoy it. So um, anyway, firstly, um, we're going to talk about our arcade roots per se. So um, just, just a little bit of history. Just you know, a bit, you know, just just a little bit about us and when we were younger days. But I'll I'll get Mister Tagster to start off. How's that? Is that all right? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. What was your first arcade game? Um, I suppose playing my first ever arcade um, would have been back in Wales in the UK. So we used to go camping every year mm-hmm. with uh, with my parents. And uh, on the caravan park, there was this little barn next to the little shop that you go to. And they uh, they had about probably 15 arcade machines in there. So that's probably where I spent a lot of the holiday when the parents were just chilling out in the caravan. I'd be down in the arcade chucking in... Uh, 10 pence pieces, not, not 20 cents coins. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so back then, and some of the games that I still remember, there's a few that I remember was, uh, space invaders. So there was probably a couple of space invaders in there and, uh, the battle zone as well. Well, so you know, big... I've never played that actually in the arcades. Yeah. So it was a big upright battle zone that had the, um, the scope that you look through and, mm-hmm. Back then, I was probably about eight, eight or nine, probably even younger than that. And uh, I'm pretty sure you have to step up on a milk crate or <laughs> step up on a box to be able to look through the scope and play it. So that was vector probably... based, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was yeah. built into the base. You have to step up and and look through it. So mm-hmm. uh, I always knew it was a bit of a stretch, but I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, that game. So that's probably my earliest memory. And then. Um, 
from there you go to the seaside in Wales or Blackpool and they'd be full of um, arcades on the seafront there so you had a, a good pick of the latest games and every year you went you were, you were looking for the latest uh, newest releases to, to play that's probably oh, wow. my earliest memories uh, of playing arcade games nice nice jeez mine well I'm going back um, just from memory I'd say the first arcade game I played was a local uh, fish and chip shop actually um, from memory I think it was elevator action I remember them having that there and um, going stupid over it. I just loved it, loved it. And funny enough that the chip shop's still there. It's uh, it's it's next to my mother's house where I used to live. And uh, it's funny they haven't, they haven't had uh, arcade games there for a long time. But it's yeah. You know, every, every time I drive past and I look into that fish and chip shop, I I just picture <laughs> uh, you know, elevator action. But action, um, yeah. It, so yeah, it, it's one of my earliest. Uh, I remember going to a there's like a Maltese festival down here in Melbourne, and um, I remember there was heaps of uh, arcade machines there as well and I was probably about eight as well I remember playing Golden Axe for the first time and uh nice jeez I mean I'm going back Golden Axe is probably the strongest memory I have of it at that place Mm. and and funny enough it was a seaside uh, uh, carnival as well funny enough um but yeah but yeah my my strongest early memory is is uh um Elevate Action so um yeah okay now I've played that in the last year for the first time probably with my son and uh, yeah. yeah he was pretty good at it he kicked my ass at it actually <laughs> great game great <laughs> he's game. only nine yeah it's uh, a lot of fun and good music hasn't yeah good music on it hasn't it yeah it's funny because I, I remember that, that that um that chip shop used to get the best games it was they had um heavy barrel there is not heavy barrel sorry uh we're not resistance there so yeah did it have the story. rotating yeah uh, Yep. Yeah, okay. had the rotary joysticks and everything. Fell in love with that yeah. game straight away, but I'm digressing. Yeah, yeah. What conversions were there of that game, uh, Daz? Yeah, maybe that's for another episode. Yeah, we'll leave that for another episode, <laughs> I think. That's, that's one of my favourites. But uh, yeah. we are going to talk talk about one of your favourites today, aren't we, Sean? Would, would, would you like to introduce the game? <clears throat> All right, okay. So uh, t- today's the first uh, episode we're going to look at a uh, game. Uh, called Ghouls and Ghosts, so uh, it's one of my personal favourites. Um, I don't find it that hard. <laughs> I've played it a hell of a lot, so <laughs> yeah, I find it difficult. <laughs> might be a little bit different to some people, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, yeah, Japanese version of it is uh, Daimakamura. So for anybody who uh, recognises the import name of it, but uh, yeah, it's a game. It was on CPS1 hardware. It came out in Japan in 1988. Yeah, and it was probably, the, I think it was the second game in the Ghouls and Ghosts series. Mm-hmm. Um, great music, uh, great graphics. And that's probably what grabbed my attention. So I was very keen on uh, on graphics, basically. If anything, I got graphics, I'd, I would get on and have a give it a go, you know, and play it. Mm. So, yeah, say... so Ghouls- Sorry, so I was going to say, for 1988, yeah. that game looks fantastic. It's it great, just, yeah. It, it just looks still looks great now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, it does. It has not dated yeah, so whatsoever. One... No, I don't think it has. It's mm. just that, those kind of Capcom graphics back then, similar to Final Fight and yeah. uh, Forgotten Worlds and things like that, they all had 
certain art style that um, I don't think it's really aged at all. It's brilliant. I don't think, yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's the game um, that we thought we'd pick for the first episode, and what's was going to obviously come up. But um, yeah, we thought we'd talk about that. There's been a lot of versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's quite a bit of history of different uh, versions that came out from the computers right through to uh, consoles and handhelds. So we thought we'd have a look at all the different types, That's some it, yeah. of those different types today, and uh, yeah, give our opinions on them a little bit. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, well, we will choose our our favourite arcade perfect ports. Um, Sean, Sean or Tags, or as I should say, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we'll we'll be looking at console ports, and I'll be looking at vintage computer ports. Now, there are many ports that we won't be covering because I mean, there's so many ports of this game. It's it's stupid. So. I mean, you have to give us a little bit of a break. I mean, there's only so much time we have to, to play test these games, and um, yeah, and, and 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 not all games are done on real hardware as well because some versions are harder to get than others. So, you know, we we have to play it through an emulator, but it's no big deal. So some some expensive versions out there these days as well. You exactly, know. exactly. But um, I actually wouldn't mind going first if you don't mind, Sean. Uh, go for it, yeah, go for it, Does Okay, well, yeah, because it's still fresh in my mind. Um, yesterday I played, uh, I play tested the ZX Spectrum version. It was a 128K version. Now, uh, look, if I never knew that game was an arcade game, and it was in its own right, it's just its own game on the ZX Spectrum, I'd say it'd be pretty good. But because it's actual port, it's... Look, it feels a little bit like the arcade game. Uh, the, the stages are different. They, they, they're different, but they're the same sort of thing. They don't really follow the same structure. Yeah, and, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I found that the, the colours that they chose were, were pretty bad. Like, there's a lot of yellow, and your character's yellow, and the background's yellow. And like, I, I love the specky, but I think sometimes they make bad yeah. choices with their colours. Yeah. So um, I I found that a bit difficult to play, but uh, I love that it had the music playing during the game. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Because I looking at some of the ones I looked at, some of them didn't have music playing in the background, which yeah. made it feel pretty weird. That's right. So um, I'll, I'll give the Spectrum version that. Um, look, it played okay. Controls were fine. Um, look, it, it was great. I mean, look for 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 its limitations, I I think it's a good port. It's, I wouldn't mm. rave about it, but um, like, like I said, if if I was if I only had that version at home and I didn't really know better, I th- I, I would enjoy yep. it. So um, look, I, I actually think it's it's worth getting. Yep. So uh, but I don't think it's the RK Perfect port. <laughs> so uh, on to you, maybe, Sean. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. What did you get that version back in the day? No, no. Well, the thing is, the Specky wasn't released here, so. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. In Australia. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The yeah. Only, only time I saw the Specky was in um, Computer Video Games magazine you know, when I used to buy in the early 90s. I'd be like, well, what's this thing? Why would anyone like this? They ever, it, used to get, it used to really get good marks, good scores for their games. Yeah, yeah. So to was, look at it, maybe didn't look too hot when you looked at the screenshots. But, um, yeah, from yeah. A color, from a colour point of view, well, well, sometimes the graphics actually look pretty, pretty good to look at the yeah. detail. Well, the actual colours let it, I suppose, let it down. But, mm. Um... Mm. but yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Okay, that's, 
you know, it, it, used to, it used to intrigue me when I saw it. And that's the reason why I ended up buying one. I got one imported and I got one sent down from the UK. So, yeah, cool. Anyway. Did, you get the Rob, did you get the Robert Key version? No, no, no. I've got the plus two. The grey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got the grey. Yeah, right. I've got 128K model and uh, I've got a nice little flash cart for it. So. Yeah, all right. See. But anyway, okay. Okay, Mr. Tagstar. All right, okay. Well, What's your uh, first well, review? Okay, well, let me talk a little bit about the Mega Drive version because oh, okay. I think that's a pretty common one that a lot of people would relate to um, mm. from back in the 90s, perhaps when they picked up a Mega Drive. Um, it would have been one of those games that they would have would have perhaps played. So, um, yeah, I, I, I picked up the, the Japanese import uh, version. Yeah, Daimakamura. Um, I think it came out on the, on the Mega Drive in 89, so... I would have picked it up in 89 or, or maybe, uh, you know, not 1990. Mm. Being a fan of the arcade, I don't think I ever played the arcade back then at that stage. Me neither, uh, me neither. Yeah, I would have never seen one anywhere um, on holiday. It wasn't really a game that, um, that I saw anywhere uh, in the arcades, but I love the look of it. I knew Ghosts and Goblins, and mm. um, yeah, it just looked stunning back then compared to a lot of other games that were out. So... Uh, I picked. I think the first thing I did, I saw the um, review of it in CMVG or um, Me Machines magazine, and looking at the screenshots just blew me away. So I had to get it as soon as I could. So I got the import one and probably paid for, <laughs> through the nose for it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, back then I thought it was okay, perfect. Yeah, dare I say it, okay, perfect. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and back then, I think it was the closest thing you could you yeah. that we thought we could get. You could get. Um, well, it wasn't so, far off though. Yeah, it wasn't far off, and uh, I did a bit of reading up on this. I always used to. I don't know where I got the information from back when I had it, but it used to say on the title screen, "Reprogram game Sega." Okay. We always we always thought that they just grabbed the graphics from the. Uh, arcade mm-hmm. and just reprogram the actual game with arcade graphics but um doing a bit more research on it they actually what happened was sega um actually uh, capcom didn't do the conversions for me- the mega drive or the genesis mm. so sega did that in-house and actually fully reprogrammed it oh wow so yeah, so they fully returned. Actually, they did a really good job. They did saying you know they didn't do the original code and the original graphics. They they copied it and programmed uh, it for their own machine. So um, so they did that for a few Capcom games. And yeah, back then you thought it was pretty much absolutely you know perfect. But um, it's only you know recently when you can look at other versions that you realise actually perhaps wasn't. But uh, it played perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the box, the artwork, and everything was just stunning on the uh, on the Japanese version. Um, all the main elements of it were all there. Um, but uh, looking at it today, there's actually a few things that were not, you know, not quite right. Some of the backgrounds uh, were missing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a few little bits and bobs. You know, today we were a lot pickier about having it okay, perfect. So today you were you pick fault with it a bit more if you was really studying it. But back then, you know, great game, and it was probably one of the best that you thought you could get hold of. Yeah, um, well, for me, for me, it's it's still up there for me. So yeah, one of one of the great Mega Drive games for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so do you, uh, yeah, do, I, do you recommend it? 
Look, I recommend the Mega Drive version. If you've got a if you've got a Mega Drive, you've got a UK, Australian, Japanese Mega Drive, yeah, it's still a great game. Um, it's a close conversion to the arcade. The music's great on it. All of the main features are there. Um, yeah, I, I, I would still recommend it. Yeah, definitely. There's a few other versions that maybe are a little bit better that we'll talk about. But definitely, yeah, if you've got a Mega Drive, it's still a great game. Nice. I agree. Okay. So I'll go next. Um, okay. I was quite surprised with this one. I, I played the Amstrad CPC version. And as far as I know, I think it's a 128K as well. Now, music at the start is brilliant. The AY chip is uh, it absolutely kicks butt. It's very close to the C64 version. It, it sounds yep. really good. Then you press start, and that's when it goes downhill for me. <laughs> there is no music in the game. The only noise in the whole game is um, an explosion when, when you shoot the, the Grim Reapers. That's it. There's no noise when you jump. There's no noise of, of anything. And um, graphic graphically, it's it's fine. But again, what lets it down is no... Uh, oh, what's the word? It's... You know, there's there's no there's no hardware scrolling it's all software so there's there's no scrolling it's just it pretty much mm. as soon as you get through half the screen it sort of moves it jumps it, across it jumps yeah? across i and, saw that yeah, yeah yeah and uh that's really really annoying and it makes the game a lot harder and um you know but even like simple animations like you know his arms don't move when you shoot the, the you know the, the sword comes out of his guts like it's right. It's just, you, you know... You don't see the arm move. Yeah. No, no arm moving or anything. And it's it's like these little things that they could have just... You know, they, they didn't have to be so lazy. You know, it actually could have been a great version. I mean, I personally... I like the look of it graphically better than the Spectrum version, but the Spectrum version yep. was more playable. Um, yeah. And, and it's a shame, because the music on the Amstrad was, was phenomenal at the start. So I was thinking, awesome... Yep. I will, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this because, look, I mean, half the experience is, is the music. Oh, the music, isn't it, as well? So was that the music that I thought sounded a little yes. bit like a porn movie at the start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had me getting a bit of a groove on when I was listening to it <laughs> the other night. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's so kind you... of a little bit happy, funky type music initially. It's got a bit of a... But it, but it goes into almost that like ghouls and ghosts kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, doesn't it? It's it's by it's by Tim Tim Fullen. Um, he also did the C sixty four version. Yeah. Um, and I'll we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. did he do the ST and Amiga as well? I think he did the Amiga one. Uh, again, I'll, yeah. I'm I'm going to mention them a bit later as well. Yeah, um, I... but yeah, I mean, look. If, if you have an Amstrad, I'd say stay away from it. I wouldn't bother. I mean, if it's free, you're going to get a ROM. If you're going to play it on emulator, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But don't don't go out of your way and, and buy a copy. Yeah. It's, it's just not... It's really, really not worth it. I mean, it's yeah. it, it really sucks in that way. I mean, yeah. just hearing the few explosions here and there and the, the way the screen moves and, yeah, it's just it was a pain. It was a pain. Does it just not feel like it captures the, the original no, arcade? No, 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 it doesn't. Yeah. And, and again, if if you were, if you didn't know better again and that was, you know, that was that was the game and it came out exclusively for the Amstrad, I still would be disappointed. 
because it yeah, just, yeah right. it just wasn't right. I mean, I'd be walking and and the Grim Reapers would just come out of the ground and I'll get hit. I mean, it doesn't even give you a chance and yeah, poorly, yeah. poorly programmed. If if only they went to the effort um, as much as the music, I think it would have been a great port. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, with that intro music. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my. Uh, that's my view on the Amstrad. Take on the, on the Amstrad, yeah. 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 yeah, and back on the cover of the game, back when you'd have bought it from the shop, mm-hmm. you'd have had the cover on the, uh, on the back of the cover, you'd have had a, f- I don't know about Australia, but, but in the UK, you used to get, always used to get the Amstrad, the Specky, and the C64, maybe, oh, yeah. and the Amiga or ST. Yeah. Screenshots on the back, yeah? Yeah. Was it the same in Australia where you used to look at it and then go, I'm gonna to have to go in with this today. Yeah, oh, yeah, God yeah. Damn, I wish I was going away with the Amiga version. The Amiga of... version. It was always the Amiga <laughs> version. Always, always. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a shame. That's why I used to love buying System Three games because yeah, I know that that was the C64 version. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Go for it, Mr. Tagster. Okay. All right. All right. So next one, then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, next Super Graphics version. Okay. So. Um, in the UK, Super Graphics was not that well known, I would say. Um, it was definitely seen as a bit of a high-end um, import machine that had a pretty hefty price tag uh, back, at the, back, well, back in the day when it came out. Um, luckily, one of my friends had the money to buy one. He also had a Neo Geo. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Super Graphics wasn't too much of a splash in the ocean for him. So, uh, yeah, so he had a Super Graphics. So, luckily, every Saturday we used to catch up. And uh, when he when he got that, um, Ghouls and Ghosts was one of his first games that he... Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the one of five that came out on it that he that he picked up. I don't think... I don't know if he would have bought it if he'd have realised it was so short-lived with five games. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was a great looking game, and for me, I'm into the artwork. You picked up the um, the CD case; it come in a nice cardboard sleeve, with some great Japanese artwork on there. You opened it up; you got the little kind of hue card that was uh, especially for the Super Graphics. You know, you put it in, and um, I suppose comparing that to the Mega Drive. That was probably the closest thing that you would look at at the time if you was comparing things, because the Mega Drive version was already out. So yeah. we used to look at both of those, you know, and, um, and and kind of compare the two. And I think there was just something a little bit more special about the Super Graphics version. Um, the color palette was perhaps not quite as good, but there was some graphical details in the Super Graphics one that were missing. Mm. Uh, from the Mega Drive one, so it just made it feel a little bit more special and a bit more like the um, arcade. And Mm-mm. and the, yeah, and the the thing with the Super Graphics one was you only got five continues. So yeah. with the Mega Drive, you had unlimited, you know, play. We all know Super um, Yeah Ghost, Ghost is renowned for perhaps being a hard game. Uh, with a Mega Drive, you could continue and can keep continuing with the Super Graphics. If you ever wanted to see what the end of the Super Graphics game looked like, yeah, you've got to go through it twice, not ah, just once, yeah. twice on five credits. That's insane. So that was pretty tough going back then when we yeah. were reasonably youngsters trying to get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a tough call, but um, I think, yeah, I think I don't think I got there at the time, but I think the, 
a friend who owned it, you know, uh, finally got there. It was quite an achievement to to finally say I've clocked clocked it on five credits uh, back then. And we had we 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 had a lot more patience when we were kids too, though. That helps. We we did, yeah. yeah I think yeah. we did, yeah. We just uh, we would stick to something for a lot longer, wouldn't we? Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Just, it cost you, you know, cost expensive. You didn't um, well unless you get a copy or something. You you know. You, you got your money's worth out of something if you bought it, didn't you? So, mm. yeah. Did you do you ever experience the super graphics version, Daz? Uh, uh, only via emulator, and uh, I was impressed. Yeah. I, I found that the the characters were a bit bigger. It just felt bigger, like more lively. I don't yeah. know. Mm. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, compared to the Mega Drive, I think the sprites yeah. were just a little uh, bit bigger. Handle slightly bigger. Slightly yeah. bigger sprites and and uh, more detail in the background and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, I think the intro to the game was on there with the Mega Drive one. I don't think it had some of the introduction to yeah, it. I don't think it did either. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it had a little bit more to it. Maybe lost a little bit in the colours slightly, but mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely um, if you'd have had a super graphics back when it came out, you'd have been pretty happy. Yeah, you'd, you'd I think all, you'd be you've got an arcade perfect. Uh, version of it, you know. Yeah. And um, perhaps nowadays we look at it and it isn't, but back then you would. For sure. Back then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you would recommend it? No, I'd recommend it. Well, if you've got a super if you can graphics, afford it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've yeah. got a super graphics, you're probably going to pick it up anyway. Otherwise, you've only got four games in your collection. <laughs> yeah, it's not really so, worth yeah. buying a system for though. Yeah. No, for sure. No, no, no. no definitely. Ah, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, my my next one was one I grew up with, and I played this before I even knew there was an arcade version, and that was the C64 version. Um, I absolutely loved it, and back then I, I would actually um, finished it. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. The patience I had, <laughs> and again, what what stole it for, for me was the music. The music was is just absolutely stunning and is in my top 10 of favorite um c64 tunes it was made by tim Fallon as well and um it's it, it's absolutely amazing the sampling in there it's like sampling of wind and rain and mixing with the music it's just it's just unbelievable um the graphics yeah c64 graphics you know what i mean um arthur looks a little bit small the characters are a little bit small but um look scrolls perfectly Graphics, graphics are fine for what it is. Um, the colours were, were, were they're perfect for, for like I said, for, for what the machine can do. I think, I think it's fine. Um, again, you know, like just like the arcade version, it gets really hard. And um, but yeah, for for your eight bit vintage computer ports, it's it's your arcade perfect. You're not going to get closer than the sixty four version personally for for the eight bit anyway. Um, mm. Oh, I, I think it's great, and I'm not saying it because I am a B64 um, lover of that machine. It's yeah. just because it is that much better, and um, it is amazing. I remember it got 90 plus scores back in the day as well. But um, yeah, but then I remember playing the arcade version. I'm like, wow, this looks amazing, <laughs> and and then the Mega Drive, I'm like, far out. Is this what is this is what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> and when and when I went back to it like uh, a few years later, and I'm like, like oh. That's ugly, you know. But now I appreciate it again, you know. But uh, yeah, 
But yeah, look, if um if you want your eight bit uh, computer versions, you, you go for the C sixty four version. Um, and we'll um we will play um the C sixty four versions music at at the end of the podcast. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty well known that the music's um, the music's good for the for the uh, C sixty four version of it, and and, it, uh, and also the Amiga as well. I think uh, got good got a good review as far as the music goes. Yeah, I mean uh, the Amiga one's actually quite good, but you know what? Special mention to the Atari ST version. I, I think it was right. better. I think the Atari ST version's better than the Amiga. Yeah, one. Okay. I don't. I wouldn't normally say that. And again, yep. again, I think the music was better on the Atari ST. The, right. the, the Amiga one was different. The music was different on that. Yeah, they they did really change it up, didn't they? They mm. didn't back then. They didn't seem to stick to um, let's just uh, try to copy the arcade perfectly. It was mm. like they just had a free reign to uh, to do something totally different. Yeah, as long as, yeah. It, as, long as it was a bit creepy, um, it was goes and go. It was goes and That's goes. right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But yeah, when yeah. when I heard the Atari ST versions music, it was all it was like like the um, Amstrad's, funny enough, or the C sixty fours, and um, it just fe- it just felt better and it sounded better. So yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so special interest to Atari ST. Go Atari for once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, was you, was you one of the poor Atari owners, Daz, or was you an Amiga owner? I was neither. <laughs> I I always had a C sixty four, and then I went straight to a, a Mega Drive. So uh. Right, but okay. but I, I do own an, an Amiga twelve hundred now, so but I, I always yeah, grew up with yeah. Amiga. All my mates had Amigas, so Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so the I'll... same here actually in the yeah. UK. It seemed like the Amiga was the the way to go. Most of my friends had Amigas. Yeah. Couple of couple of less popular people had uh, STs. Yeah, the ST was the poor <laughs> poor man's Amiga. <laughs> But yeah, no, I won't yeah. go there. Look, they're, they're all got uh, their, they're all got their They're charm. all good, aren't they? In, in their own way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that, wins a prize. That's exactly right. <laughs> but yes, I do recommend the C sixty four version. Get out there and play it. I think it's great. Yeah. So, right. Okay, Mr. Tagster, this is the all one right. we've been waiting for, isn't it? <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Um, all right. So look, I've gone through a few Japanese versions, and um, back in the day, I thought the Mega Drive was the best version. That, you know, it was ever out there, but. While I was importing the the Japanese Mega Drive version, and a lot of us in the UK were playing those, and uh, around the world who were importing games, uh, the Japanese had a, a pretty nice little hidden secret going on, I think, and um, they had something called the Sharp uh, X68000. I didn't know anything about this machine uh, until a few years ago, really. Mm. It wasn't that long ago that I really, it really surfaced as far as uh, how good this was, and it was really a a, a computer, a Japanese computer, um, ran off a off a disc, and they were well known for absolutely great arcade conversions or arcade perfect, should I say, conversions? Yeah. <laughs> was it arcade perfect? Arcade perfect. Actually. Yeah. So um, yeah, look, I I wish I could I wish I could buy one of these machines. I think it's going to be cheap. It's going to be on my bucket list, I think, to perhaps get one one day. I don't know, but I don't know how much it does. Do you know any idea how much they are? I'm actually looking now. Um, yeah. Geez, well, the games are not cheap, that's for sure. <laughs> you want you want Final Fight, you're looking at uh, $195. Ouch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't see a, not one computer. Yeah. Just use it. Yeah, they're pretty... 
they're pretty high. I think they're pretty high end collectibles, aren't they? And yeah, they pretty pretty unknown to the to the general people who are perhaps into just console collecting and, and things like that. Yeah. It's almost like the next level of uh, affordability or, or a level of uh, under, you know getting into mm-hmm. the hobby, I suppose. But um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I say I didn't even know this thing existed when I got the Mega Drive version. Oh, I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't have wanted to feel disappointed with that yeah. Japanese import Mega Drive version that I just bought. But um, but the 68,000 version is uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. So. Yeah, it takes a little bit of loading up at the start, whereas the, you know, the cartridge versions uh, are pretty instantaneous. But mm-hmm. as far as the graphics go and things like that, this is the one machine that literally ripped it off the arcade machine and put it onto disc. So, whereas everything else was reprogrammed and redrawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I back, actually back just at, found it. I found I found the I found the uh, the six eight thousand version of um, Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. On eBay, three hundred uh, US. Three hundred US. Wow. Yeah. There you Not go. far off. Get a PCB for that. Huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zoom. So yeah. So um, yeah. I want I want this version, but um, yeah. So look, I I haven't bought it, but I, I I've got it on an emulator, and that's some at this stage. That's the only way I can uh, test it out and, and try it, or, or look at it on YouTube. It's one of those. Uh, uh, dream dream machines i suppose so um mm. and, and the cool thing about this not only does it have you know absolutely perfect um graphics that are ripped from the actual machine it plays the same um and then you look at the, the uh, you listen to the sound of it and this uh, machine you could bolt on different sound units to it so i'm not an expert at it but there was different versions I think you could get, which is like a rolling sound system or a Yamaha. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, depending on the plugin you had, you would get a totally different musical score throughout the game. So yeah. I, I was listening uh, last night to uh, both of those versions, and it sounded like you got uh, an orchestra in your ear as you, as you were playing it or watching it. It was unbelievable. So um, not only are the graphics arcade perfect, the music, I just enjoyed that even more than the arcade. You could hear every little cymbal or drum beat. Okay. It just, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, really, really good music. I could just listen to it all night. Uh, the whole, the whole of the music um, uh, throughout the game. So yeah, it's really, really good. So yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? The things that you can't have, you want the most. Let's see exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you might, you might be lucky. I mean, I was lucky twice this year i mean i scored a msx2 reasonably cheap and a yep. vectrix for a bargain price so right. uh th- th- that were my two holy grails and that's it now for me so you, you, you never know yeah that's right yeah if i start looking seriously uh, when the wife's not you know looking over my shoulder uh, you never yeah. know what might happen <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Not another parcel. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but look, if if you've got a sixty-eight thousand, you you'll have already scoped that game out and bought it, I imagine. But for anybody who's not aware of that machine, um, yeah. go and have a look into it a little bit, and I think you'll be blown away. Um, other games, you know, we won't talk about other games today, but there's some other great 
you know, really great uh, arcade perfect conversions on it as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, Chase HQ. So, uh, yeah. yeah, the Jap- yeah. Oh, well, actually that one. Yeah, we won't talk about that one too much, but it yeah, is. Yeah, I reckon. Very... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there is a lot that are good. But yeah. um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, have a little look into that, and uh, you might start thinking about wanting to get one. Um, nice. So, yeah, that is so, your arcade perfect? For, for me, that's the version of choice, um, uh, for sure, yeah. If you want to have something a bit special, if you want to have something that's arcade perfect, that's not just a, a main ROM, you know, you want a physical copy of the game, um, it's definitely a pretty special version to to, to own. Well, for 300 sure. US, you should hope so. <laughs> you, you probably never want to take it out of the box. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, but before we go on to our next bit, um, we'll uh, we'll have yeah. a listen to some of the music from the game. How's that? Sounds good. Cool. Here we go. Was uh, was awesome enough to uh, ask the wall a question, and uh, the question was: Any memories, merchandise, or interesting things you would like to share about Ghouls and Ghosts? Yep. And our first person was uh, Mr. Joshua Lane. Thanks, Josh, for uh, jumping on. Josh says, I just remember being furious every time I stopped playing Rage Quit. The game makes me mad at just thinking about it. A great game, though. And uh, I'm assuming that was you, uh, Tagster. Says uh, a joystick, <laughs> yeah. joypad breaker. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mr. Jody Rob, thanks for joining us here, Jody. Jody, 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 silly Darren, Jody. Yeah, it's too effing hard. Laugh out loud. And uh, Tagster again. I was kind of expecting to, this to be a common reply about this game. <laughs> Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it, Sean. Okay, so uh, Cameron uh, Davis, he said, uh, my main memory of uh, Ghouls and Ghosts was that on the uh, on, on Neighbours. <laughs> yeah, so, pe- so I don't know what it was like in Australia, but the UK loved Neighbours back in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, but I didn't know this one. Uh, yeah, back on, on Neighbours, Todd kept wagging off school go and play it he was obsessed with it <laughs> then his dad uh, was mad at him for playing video games screwed Dodd, todd's dad from neighbors 
<laughs> I just thought that was a pretty good one. I never, yeah, uh, I never, never knew about that. About that. He put, fun fact, for years, when anyone played a, a computer game on Neighbours, they played the music from Magic Carpet. Oh, okay. Well, okay. And I, I've heard of that game, but I can't recall what it was. I can't remember it either, but I, I know right. I know the game. It was a PC game. There are, okay. Yeah. And it said also uh, from Cameron, he said, uh, fun bonus fact, Todd's dad from <laughs> Neighbours later, <laughs> later ended up as Charles Whitmore on Lost. Further proving that literally every single show or movie made in the last 30 years has someone from Lost on it. And I knew instantly to hate him because of what kind of person stop the, stops their kids from playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gunter. Uh, oh, Gunter. Yeah, Cameron. and I put how to, how to be an unpopular dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Go for it, next one. Okay, so we've got uh, Shane. Was it can't remember how many times I lost my temper with this game, lol. <laughs> Mister, yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, a common thing there. Yeah, very common. Uh, Mr. Matthew Gawler, I have fond memories going into Safeway at Sunshine, being given a whole bunch of 20 cent coins and playing Ghouls and Ghosts until my parents finished shopping. I could never get past the second level back then. I wonder what they end up doing with the machine. It's true. Probably in the dumpster, <laughs> cut up. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming that's you, Sean. You say, how lucky was was you to get the play Girls and Ghosts whilst your parents did the boring shopping chores? I wonder if it was if I was just got bored or dedicated. <laughs> I wonder if it was just a board. De- oh, yeah, I think it'd be a dedicated board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dedicated arcade machine. Yeah, yeah. Not worth the lot. Yeah, I think? doubt that. Doubt that. <laughs> Would have just been a LAI swapping the board. Uh, okay, it's me. That's right. Uh, Paul... Hornitiski. Okay, read your posts. And yes, please mention these in your podcast. Photos of Ghouls and Ghosts for the arcade, console and mobile. A great game that is very hard to play well. <clears throat> well, we did. I don't know about the mobile one. <laughs> I have played it, actually. <laughs> Can mention it a little bit, if you like. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about that. Okay, after. cool. Well, yeah, a special mention to is the Master System version. Um, that's actually yeah. great. 8-bit port. I mean, a lot of flicker, but that's the master system. You can't avoid that. But, um... Yeah, actually, it's actually pretty good box art for the master system, yeah, though. Considering. Considering, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I actually played that one before the Mega Drive, so... Yeah. No, it was a great port. And it's different, too, because there's, like, stores. There's, like, shops and stuff. They changed it around, so... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And right. that's it for the wall. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. Paul, for that one. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks to everybody for, uh, for for having a bit of input into it. it we th- I think, I don't know about you, um, but, uh, I thought maybe a lot of people would say it was a, a nightmare game to play <laughs> too hard or, or whatever, but there's a few interesting stories on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Ah, nice one. Yeah, that's very good. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, guys. Okay. All right, Sean, you've got some tidbits, haven't you? All right, so, yeah, so um, let's have a little look. So I've uh, got a few... Uh, other little things. So, I think back back in the day when you wanted that arcade perfect version at home on your computers or your consoles, you used to rely pretty heavily on the magazines um, to give you some idea of if it was going to be hot or not, or a good game to, to uh, chuck your paper and money at. So, um, there's a few little snippets from a few uh, early 80s and or late 80s and early 90s magazines. So. 
Uh, Zap64, that gave it a gold medal. Crash gave it a crash mash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crash mash. Is there an Amstrad one. one there? Um, don't, no, there isn't. Told <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Yeah, they gave it a, you know, steaming turn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amstrad lovers. <laughs> uh, CMVG gave it a CMVG hit. Yeah, Megatech gave it a hyper game. So, yeah, I think overall it did pretty well as far as uh, the home ports and the console versions mm. went. Um, looking at stats and averages, and don't want to bore you with this, but uh, it scored between, you know, uh, 88 to about 94% across pretty much most platforms. So, yeah, as far as conversions and things went, it was a, it was a pretty good game, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. A few other things. So, um, uh, what else have we got as far as conversions go? Um, there's a few, few things that we didn't mention. Was when the character gets hit. Um, yeah, it's a bit different in this game compared mm. to a lot of others. Uh, made it a little bit entertaining. Does you any any thoughts on what happens when uh, Arthur got hit? Gonna test you out a little bit, yeah. Well, his, his armor comes off. His armor came off, yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, what happens if you got hit by a magician? Oh, you turn to a ducky. <laughs> yeah, you turn into a duck. Yeah. yeah. So I think you turn into a duck if you got your armor. Armor, and if you don't have your armor, you turn to an old man for walking stick. Turn into an old man. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's a few little Easter eggs in the game, as well. So. um as you get to the end of the level, uh, if you push up as the key lands on you, it says nice catch. And also there's a couple of glitches in the game as well, um, where there was an invisible ladder on, on stage one. And um, if you jumped and pushed up uh, as you landed at the top of the ladder mm -hmm. uh, on level one, you actually climbed up an invisible ladder into the sky. So it's a few little little easter eggs and a few little glitches here and there in the game but generally it was a pretty solid pretty solid game that's it so we're done all right we're done okay. until next right. episode how's that yeah. all right so yeah i hope you guys liked it hopefully you like uh, ghouls and ghosts you might learn a little bit more about it mm. learn a few different things uh, as, as we've gone through today but yes um, Nice. And thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, you, you can find our future episodes, um, obviously. Um, I will publish them on the Retro Domination podcast, uh, actual Retro Domination website, sorry. So there will be a home for it and um, also Podbean. So, yeah, how's that? Yeah, yeah so for a first episode, it is, we'll... It is refine and have a little play as we go but hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it and look if you've got any suggestions for games that you think were okay perfect uh conversions or things you'd like to uh, us to talk about then please share it on the facebook page yes that's it that's it okay so yeah we have no idea what our next uh game will be but um yeah if, yeah, give if, us some ideas. Give us we some might ideas. look at that, or we might totally ignore it and choose our That's own. Exactly we'll right. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, also a big shout out to um support from um from everyone um been great, especially the RD boys. Thanks, guys. You know, and uh, yeah. Mr. Aaron, 
from Press Play and Tape. So, yeah, a big shout-out to also the other podcasts, uh, uh, Geekdom United, Press Play and Tape, and Retro Domination, which I'm also part of. So, and what about Sean, do you have any shout-outs? Yeah, look, um, for me, um, I love the Australian podcast as well. I'm a big fan of... Uh, coming from the UK, the Ten Pence oh, podcast. Oh yes, of course, of course. So uh, yeah, I'm loving Mr. Marland and, and Sean Holly's um, podcasts, and I always look forward to seeing a new one of those. So it's inspired me to to get in, involved in it a little bit, and uh, I hope hope people enjoy it. And uh, long term, we'll we'll play around with it, and uh, yeah, hopefully everybody uh, likes listening to the podcast yeah. and, and has something to say about it. Good, good to say about it. So. All right, Dad. Yeah. Well, um, we'll catch up again soon, and yeah. um, we'll fire up another game and uh, review some of the different ports of it, and uh, give our, give our opinions on it. That's again. it. Yeah, guys. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be finishing off the episode with the C sixty four theme of Ghouls and Ghosts. So, au revoir, everyone. Bye. All right. See you later, guys. Bye.